0: Today we celebrate the, uh, the martyrdom or the passion, it's also referred to, the passion of St. John the Baptist. And, uh, this passage is always very moving to me, very powerful, uh, as there's a lot of psychological depth, there's a lot of evil as well, okay, you've got this whole scenario with a young girl dancing and then the mother. So, uh, do you think the mother was acting according to moral rectitude and reason or was she acting out of anger with with John the Baptist, which you, which would you think it is that she's... <laughs> and why oh why was she angry with John the Baptist? Why were her feelings hurt? Because he put his finger on, on the truth, and she didn't like it. Um, it, it reminds me of um, a story that I think we're probably all fam- familiar with, and it's called The Emperor's Clothes. Okay, so you know the story goes: you got this emperor who's He's kind of a vain fellow and, uh, you know, so he's already got moral fault to begin with. Okay, he's kind of this vain guy and he likes to, uh, have a lot of really nice clothes to wear. <clears throat> and, so these two kind of charlatans come into town and they manipulate him and they say, well, we're, we're their tailors supposedly. You know, we're gonna make you the finest suit of clothes that you have ever seen. There's gonna be more regal than any emperor or king on the face of this earth. Uh, and it's, uh, the very, very, very special material we're gonna use though. This material actually is invisible to those who, you know, are like, uh, they're, they're incompetent, they're morons, they're unfit for their position, they're stupid, okay. Um, uh, but to those who are fit for their position, it's going to appear very beautiful. <laughs> and so, that person says, oh, oh, you know, so he's kind of flattered and, and so they, they mine, you know, the creation of this suit of clothes for him and they mine putting it on him and all along he's buck naked. And he parades before his subjects and everybody's going, oh, very nice. <laughs> nice clothes, Emperor, you look really good. Because it's, this is kind of pretense that no one wants to be on the out. So there's a kind of a peer pressure. Uh, and all of this kind of stuff. This is how human psychology works, group psychology works. And uh, but wh- who is it though that tells the truth? Who you guys? Who is it? A, a child. A little, a little kid says, "The emperor is naked." <laughs> and you know what happens after that though? Other people start to say, "Yeah, he is naked." <laughs> so it kind of takes this one person to sort of start the the whole truth, the ball of truth rolling, and then the people will follow in suit. Uh, but it kind of takes that, that courageous soul. A courageous soul, but kind of an innocent soul. And I think that's what you see with John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a child. He's one of the few uh, figures in the Bible that we see as a baby. Okay, He's presented as a child in the womb, Elizabeth his mother, and the Blessed Virgin comes in <clears throat> and her greeting reaches the ears of Elizabeth. John the Baptist jumps for joy. So we see this kind of the child infant uh you know innocence and then he actually John the Baptist is brought out into the desert and he's raised in the desert like in a monastery essentially he's like raised in a, like a Jewish if you will monastery in the desert so he's really apart from the corruption of the broader society he's raised in a very kind of pure uh incorrupt sort of environment and uh, his virtue was hard won and was earned. He was extremely uh, ascetic and given to these great penitential uh, exercises. He would, he fasted, he, he ate just locusts and honey. That's what he lived on, you know, and he wore really rough garments. And he was a tough guy and, and his virtue was earned. But at the same time, I think a lot of his virtue came from the fact that he was so innocent and he was very, very pure. And, and he grew up in a kind of a separated, isolated monastic sort of uh, setting. And, uh, and that innocence was able to make him be kind of like that, that child that points out the emperor has got no clothes and he's able just to say, quite frankly, you know, it's unlawful for you to have your brother's wife. Just a simple truth. And so John the Baptist is uncorrupted by peer pressure, um, and, uh, and able to speak the truth because of that. We, we do this thing sometimes, um, again, it's just human psychology. Our beliefs oftentimes are based on our actions. Okay, so if we're um, living a life that's contrary to the Word of God, oftentimes we will start to frame our beliefs. We'll we'll start to justify why that's okay to do that. But the reality of it is, is that our actions come first, and then we start to frame. You know, it's a self-justification. We have all of these ways that we can kind of trick ourselves and. You know, our actions are not so bad after all, and in fact maybe they're pretty good because of X, Y, and Z. But it's really just this whole process of rationalization that we indulge in. Now that same psychological, uh, principle can actually work the opposite way, so that if we, if we live a righteous life, we will oftentimes have, base our beliefs on, on our, on our actions. Um, And that's true, and I think that's a a natural psychological dynamic that we need to sort of take advantage of and make sure that we're we're leading a holy life so that our our beliefs then more easily flow, uh, are are more easily based on our actions. But I think there's something deeper going on here. Um, It's not just psychology, it's conformity with objective truth. And uh, I like this passage here from our psalm. Uh, It says, I have more discernment than the elders because I observe your precepts. Think about what that what the psalmist just said. I have more discernment than the elders. Okay, remember sometimes older people are not always wiser. Sometimes older people are kind of can be, you know, kind of corrupt because they are they have been socialized into that. Whereas the child, the younger person, sometimes can be a little more clear and see things a little more clearly because he's not been socialized in in a bad way. But more important than that point is that that discernment comes through observance of the precepts of the Lord. And there is a spiritual enlightenment. It's not just psychology. It's a spiritual enlightenment that takes place when we obey God's law. Our minds and our consciences are illumined and and we're able to see the truth. And conversely, the more we sin, the more our conscience and our reason is darkened. So it's a kind of a, a downward spiral or an upward progress one way or the other. And uh for myself I know I was not I was not innocent. I was not John the Baptist race, you know. The Lord corrected me in my own spiritual journey little by little by little by little with great patience. And uh I finally came to the point where I said, No, okay, look, whatever the Word of God says, I'm gonna do it. Alright? I wasn't I didn't wake up thinking that. You know, that was a long process of years of conversion for me. Uh, so for those of us like myself who did not grow up innocent like John the Baptist, we've got to take the word of God seriously and when someone puts our puts their finger on the truth we've got to say okay don't ask the question how did that person make me feel <laughs> we've got to ask the question is what they're saying true and is it according to the Word of God and if it is let's let's change our lives and, and conform ourselves to the truth and conform our behavior to the truth um, and, uh, and and thereby, We'll be in that crowd, hopefully, that when the little child speaks and says the emperor's clothes are are naked, we'll be able to say, yeah, he's right. And we won't be um, swept away with the crowd and influenced by peer pressure and whatnot. So, uh, St. John the Baptist, pray for us.